0: This is the Creative Coaching Podcast. I'm your host Mike Lopez. Hope you enjoy this podcast. It's set up and designed for coaches, leaders and influencers to share their stories and inspire others to share their stories as well, and that we can all learn together as a community and get better every day. So, thank you for listening. Your season 2. Today's guest is Charlie Wilson. Coach Wilson is the head coach at Indian River State College in Fort Pierce, Florida. We talked to him today about being named the Southern Conference Coach of the Year, his journey, staying consistent at what you make important, and putting players' success first. I hope you enjoy this podcast and you like to get better every day. to the podcast coach I appreciate you having me on coach Wilson uh, here again thank you for your time I really do appreciate it Uh, so glad we're getting a chance to talk Uh, you came across my timeline on Twitter and uh, having been voted the Southern Conference coach of the year so congratulations on that coach it's it's an accomplishment for sure and it's not your first one that's the amazing thing too as well and so in 1718, I believe he had one as well. So you're doing something right and you're doing something good. And so that's why we're here to talk is to kind of get you, get your perspective on, on some of these things and, and the game of basketball is as it, as it, in regards to coaching and leading young men. So coach, I just want to start off like I always do in that how are we introduced to the game of basketball coming out of Stuartsville, Missouri.
1: You know I, I don't know I kind of fell into it you know I was blessed with um I played for three coaches in four years of high school mm-hmm. and um you know coach wood was was my junior high coach and in, in my freshman season and um he let me coach with him wow so you know I would i would go to I would go to varsity practice as a freshman and then i was I was also his assistant on the junior high. Wow. Um, you know, first book a really a really small town, K through twelve in one building. So yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I, I kinda got into it that way. I was I was really fortunate and then Coach Hunt came on, um, he was my next coach and he let me do the same thing. Wow. And so, um, you know, I had had some little league baseball coaches and they let me coach on the side So I figured out pretty early I was probably better at that than actually playing. So Yeah. Um, you know, I grew up in the on a gravel road in the middle of nowhere, I just kind of fell into it. Yeah, no, that's interesting,
0: Coach. I mean, I started coaching at the age of 15, so my experience kind of mirrors yours in a sense. But, uh, man, middle school coaching, middle school, I didn't do that. That's fantastic, Coach. It seems (laughs) like, you know, you really get an idea of what you're going to get into uh, at an early age. And and then not only that, it's kind of rare that you have that ability uh, to kind of coach kids your own age and, you know, your peers uh that's always kind of a, a a challenge as well but that's great coach I, I'm glad you shared that because I hadn't heard that before and that's good really good stuff so coach as a player you know I know you talked about a little bit there but what was your experience as a player how, how did that pan out for you and what, what was uh his highlights low lights I mean how, how did you fall in love with the game even
1: more yeah, there's was, there was no really low likes. I just I wasn't great. Um, you know, really small high school. I started all four years of high school, which again I, I think I graduated with twenty six, twenty seven, you know, students. So we're talking small school. Wow. Um, I went on to I went on to Central Methodist there in in Missouri, and um, I played um, on their developmental team my freshman year, and then I started coaching. And you know, I remember going on my visit and talking to Coach Sherman, and and I just asked, "Can I come and coach?" And you know, he he said, "Well, you got to play a year." And so I really went there just to coach, to be honest. And wow. um, I played one year, and and then um, you know, jumped up on as a student assistant from my last three. So um, you know, player wise, was just I kind of played how I coach. I was I was a dude that could hit shots. I um, wasn't going to do anything else, and. Um, You know, I just enjoyed it and gave me something to do. And um, like I said, I kind of fell into the game. And so, I think the the, one of the things I was intelligent on—I knew I wasn't going to play very long. And so, I just enjoyed, enjoyed the high school life. And you know, playing one year, Coach Coach Belcher was my uh, my coach my freshman year at at, um, Central. And you know, he's been he's been with me here at Indian River the last three years. Wow, so, that's great. Um, you know, it's um, s- yeah. one of those things. I, I enjoy it, and it kind of got me with a whistle around my neck. I figured out I, I enjoyed making people run a heck of a lot more than I enjoyed <laughs> running.
0: So. No joke, right? Like, I I find myself at times, I'm in the gym with some kids, and I'm like, man, I used to hate this. What am I doing? You know, am, am, I, uh, am I part of the problem now? But no, it's a solution, a solution to not – running out of wind during a game and not have not having to put your hands on your, your shorts all game long because you're tired and winded. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. It is, it's a, it's a little bit nicer to be blowing the whistle, setting the clock at 10 seconds and all that good stuff. It, it really is. Now, Coach, now you talked about some of the coaches you had, you know, middle school, high school. Uh, would you say they influenced you the most to go into the profession, like here again at the, the college level and to kind of go further uh, beyond, you know, Central Methodist, or how, who influenced you, or, or what influenced you to kind of keep going?
1: Yeah, I think I think all of them kind of. I think all of them have had their part. You know, um, I played little league for for Mr. Bishop, who you know was was a guy that just volunteered to coach in the afternoons and night. Um, you know, and that's really the first coach I can I can honestly him and, and Coach Motzinger, the first two coaches I can remember. Um, you know, and coming from such a small high school, everybody coaches multiple sports year-round. And so they're always looking for help. And, um, you know, I, the, the first coaching I did, it sounds crazy, the first coaching I did was I was like a pitching coach for Little League kids. You know, my dad bought me a four-wheeler because we lived, you know, eight, ten miles out, out from town. And I'd get on my four-wheeler and I'd had, I had a couple kids. I'd go to their houses and we'd throw you know um and having three different high school coaches put you in three different situations and they all let me help do stuff and um i you know i i never really knew what else to do nothing else really ever seemed interesting and yeah you know um i kind of figured i wanted to coach and so i went into physical education i'm like i don't know what the heck else you can do and coach you know i've always i've always been a one-track mind yeah and yeah. so, you know, I appreciate Coach Bishop and, and, and Coach Wood, who um, those are the first two guys. And then Coach Hunt, Coach Whitmer, you know, those are my high school coaches. And then, you know, Coach Belcher, Coach Sherman are the two at, at CMU that um, helped push me down this path. And, and um, you know, without any of those, I'm not sure I'm sitting um, in this profession. Yeah, no, because
0: it's a tough, tough profession, first of all. You either have it or you don't, in a sense. Uh, there's certain things you can work through and work to, and always improve, obviously. But the interpersonal relationships, the uh, management, you know, personnel management, uh, you know, uh, having to be a, especially at the JUCO level, having to be a psychologist, psychiatrist, mentor, a guide for everybody in a sense. There's just a lot that goes with that, and so we, you know, either you have it or you don't. It's not. It's usually not something. Uh, guys can develop off the cuff, like it's it's, it's got to be in you. you got to. Exactly. I, I always think of it as you guys got it's got to be a calling, it's got to be a mission, missional stuff. Uh, and you, like you said, a lot like a lot of coaches I've heard from. I don't know. I didn't know what else I wanted to do. I just wanted to coach, and it's like for me, I'm thinking, man, if I ever had to do anything else in my career, I, I just don't know. I don't know what I'd do. Absolutely. I would do with myself. I would definitely would not be as fulfilled, in, with uh with my day to day, quality of life would be kind of. Uh. So yeah, I can. I, there's just so many people that can uh, sympathize with what you're saying, Coach. So I appreciate you, you know, kind of saying that because uh, some people see you like, yeah, yeah, you know, I I uh, always knew I was gonna be this great coach, or I always knew that, you know, I I, I could have worked on Wall Street or like. Yeah. I just wanted to, I just wanted to coach basketball, you know,
1: you that's, you cool. know, you, go ahead. You just, you just fall into it. You know, um, both my parents have nothing to do with sports. You know, they both work my dad's in his mid seventies and, and still works 18 hours a day. Wow. You know? And so I don't really know when, when people have asked me, I don't know how I got into it. I just feel like it was, it was something put there because you know, where I come from, you don't, you don't usually go into coaching. Yeah. Um, and so I'm just kind of blessed that it was kind of put in front of me and, and some really good people and coaches were put in front of me that, um, helped me because, you know, otherwise than that, I, I should probably be doing what my dad and, and mom are doing and just working 40 to 70 hours a week, which I actually do, but, wow. you know, in and, and a, and a job that, um, is just a regular job and, um. You know, so I, I've been blessed. It's, it's kind of hard to explain. I don't understand it, but <laughs> I'm very blessed. So. That's great, Coach. To be put here. Yeah, sometimes
0: we're not going to understand everything, and that's okay. As long as we thrive in where we're at and we're doing the right things and we're being good to, pe- good to people. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, I feel the same way, same way sometimes. I'm like, I don't understand how I got here, but uh, I mean, I'm mean i enjoying it. I'm going to keep doing it, you know, okay. and, I, and I think it all pay off at the end. And then pay it forward to you know, kind of helping again, mentoring people, young people. It's just it's something. It's something great, man. It's almost like you should when a coach is when a coach retires, having having coached for years and years and years. It's like they should be up for sainthood or something. I mean, it's just kind of one of those things. <laughs> I say that very facetiously, but you know what I mean, coach. So, do you have a memorable moment of your first year in coaching where it's like? You knew, hey, this is it. I'm a coach now. Like, I'm not just the guy at practice doing this, or the guy helping with helping this coach. Or I'm I'm a coach now. Do you have any any moment that you can look back to, and, and when you, you know, it's
1: something? yeah. I'll tell you what. I was I was blessed. I spent I did my undergrad at Central, like I said, Central Methodist under Coach Sherman, and then um, I left for a few years, and I went back and. Um, and was was back there as his assistant for, I think it was seven years. And um, every year I was there, you know, coach gave me more to do. Yeah. And so when I got here, I was kind of used to having my hand in about everything that it took to run a program. Yeah. And so I'm really blessed. First off, that I was given, you know, several years experience where. From academics to scheduling to budgeting to, to all of that, none of that was foreign to me. Yeah. Um, you know the, the thing that I go back to there's there's two memories I that there's two memories I remember from the first year that stand out to me. The first one is the first game we played. Uh, I got my introduction to junior college basketball by playing Chipola College. Oh wow. Um, on a strong. Friday That's afternoon, strong. I appreciate my AD for making that my first game. <laughs> um, and I just I remember walking out on the sideline before the game and I just I remember telling my wife and, and Coach Belcher, one of my mentors, him and his wife flew down for the for that game. We played a Friday, Saturday opening weekend. And um I just remember thinking it felt right. Like it didn't feel weird. Um yeah. you know, like you're supposed to be there. Yeah. And that's the first memory from my from my first year and then the second memory is, you know, I get to decide what to do, meaning you know, I had a small, I had a uh, one and a half year old daughter at the time, and you know, her and my wife want to go on a on a road trip or a, a road game. I didn't have to ask anybody for permission. You know, throw yeah. so the car seat on the bus and let's go. Yeah. Um, and those, those are my first. My, those are my two biggest memories from that first year. Um, I just remember it. It felt like it wasn't wrong, and um, I enjoy uh, my wife and kids tagging along. Um, when possible that's
0: great coach I, those are fantastic memories because you know the second one in particular where it's like wait hold up i'm I'm the buck stops with me and that that can mean so many different things and responsibility uh you know there's that weighs on your shoulders but then again you know it empowers you to say hey I can bring my bring my family along if I want this is great like yeah. it's a perk after that you know. And you, and you can't get that in every profession. And you can't integrate your family in every profession like that. And so I think you know, I'm all – yeah, because I'm all about family time, man. Like my family means – I won't sacrifice family for anything. I just won't. Like I used to uh, you know, after 25 years of coaching. I, now I won't. And so to know that you have that coach is a blessing. And it's a, and it's a great thing to know that you have that kind of – I don't want to say power because power is really – you know, short short term, if you will, but you're empowered to make those kind of decisions now. So that's great. I really appreciate you sharing that. Uh, so, Coach, I know you've had a lot of success, uh, and that's success isn't always a, a measure of how good a coach is as, as far as wins and losses. You've had a ton of success, and there at Indian River, how have you built the culture for your program? To kind of get to that point, because it, something you're doing something right. So, what is it that you're doing right, and how are you building that culture?
1: Um, I think the first thing you have good kids. Um, yeah. I don't think, you know, coaching is coaching. Um, you know, some some coaches win 25 a year, and then the next year they win 10. They didn't get they didn't lose intelligence. Yeah. Um, and so the first thing you have, coach. I got I got really fortunate in the group I inherited. Um, I didn't get the job till late I thought I, I think I moved I moved out of Fayette on um, June 14th so my first day here was June 15th and so um, when I when I got the job my athletic directors like we got five kids returning you got to keep them wow. which I was fine with yeah. but I always tell people the, the easiest year I've had was my first year because I all those kids wanted to do was win. they were coming off of the 0 and 12 conference season, they won, you know, the, the team won two conference games the year before that, you know, they just really, had struggled. And, um, I was really blessed. Desmond Mitchell and Corey Patterson and Melton Sanders and Mike Milano and Kevin Bowling. Um, all five of those guys would run through a brick wall. Like they just wanted to win. There was no selfishness. Yeah. And, um, and so I think it starts with good kids. And I think the other thing that I've always tried to do is I've tried to be consistent. Um, I'm kind of a, I'm definitely a creature of habit. I do the same thing the same way yeah. constantly. And so, you know, I, um, whether it's how we dress or how we prep or, or how we watch film or whatever, it did not matter if we're playing a, you know, Chipola or if we're, if we're playing, you know, um, a, junior, a junior varsity team. And so um, I think that's the biggest thing is we just try to stay consistent with what we do and try to preach, preach the things that we feel are important and you hope the 18, 19, and 20-year-olds listen to something. Yeah,
0: no, um, you said yeah. a lot right there, Coach. I'm Not to cut you off, but you, you, like you said, you hope they listen. The only way they listen and get the messaging and get what you're trying to convey to them on a daily basis is consistency. Because they're not, they're they look like grown men, a ton of them. Some of them may, may be on the verge because of their maturity level, and where they've had to, where they've come from, and have to have to experience already. But just like every other adult, just like every other uh, individual that will give you their respect, it's all on the basis of consistency. Like if you're consistent with it all, and you you go, you can get great buy-in. Uh, you know, because like you said. It's not like the coach dropped off because now he's losing. Uh, it's like the consistency is, is what everybody respects and what 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 uh, is an indicator of how much buying you're going to get. I, I I just believe that. I agree, coach. So here again, it's uh it's one of those things where I've I've sent a lot of kids to play at the next level as far as college. And uh, I've had a good number of JUCO kids, right, for whatever reason, right, grades. Uh, some of them wanted an, another year before they took a Division One, Division Two offer, uh, you know, whatever the case is. Uh, but most of those cases were always like it's tough situations, you know. I've, it was rare that a kid said, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play JUCO, get myself going, and maybe I'll stay a year. We'll see how it all goes. I qualified, so it was always like we didn't qualify coaches. Like, I got to go to JUCO. Uh, so I know that that level holds its challenges, you know, as far as personnel and then uh, how, how you kind of control this, what you can not control in that, at that level. So, Coach, what's been the most challenging thing for you coaching at that level?
1: Um. I think exactly what you just said. I think, and I, don't, I hope this comes across correct, and I don't mean it negatively. Every kid that almost every kid that goes to junior college has a reason. Yeah, um, and it's usually not a good one. Yeah, it's you know they've had some injuries and and you know the, the offers have dropped because they've been hurt or academically they have to or you know there's something. Yeah, and um, usually you know if you have a team of twelve to fifteen or, or whatever you have. Usually, you have twelve to fifteen different reasons on why they are at junior college. Yeah, um, you know, I think the stigma's changing. Good. You know, I think some some AAU coaches and high school coaches and and, and the the people that influence young adults now are looking at junior college as more of an opportunity and less of a um, you know a negative yeah. uh, situation or, or sentencing. Um, yeah. You know, but it, re- rarely does a kid wake up and say, man, I'm going to go to Chipola or I'm going to go to Indian River or I'm going to go to Indian Hills. That doesn't happen. Yeah. You know, you're getting bounce back transfers or something. And so trying to manage that. And, and I think the other challenge to Juco is no matter if it's the best player, or the 14th best player, every kid is on that team to get a scholarship. For sure. You know, I always, one of the first things I always tell people is Indian River is not your destination. Yeah, you know, it's just a it's a pit stop on the way, and and um, you know you, you can't keep you can't keep all those young men happy. Yeah. Um, you know, it's 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 the only it's the only level in the world where everybody is already looking at the coaches and Yeah. whether they play or not. Um, you know, it's, it's an unbelievable opportunity that that allows um, young people an opportunity to. To grow and continue and, and, and get an education where they probably otherwise wouldn't. Yeah. Um, and there's so many success stories. I mean, you see them where they're playing pro, they're playing Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three. Doesn't matter. There's there's so many success stories where guys get a second chance at this at this level. Yeah. Um, and and I'm, you know I'm a second chance guy. I take a lot of kids that um, need a second chance, and um, I think that's what this level is is really good about is um helping kids grow and and develop and you know maybe work out a couple of those bad habits and yeah have an opportunity to better themselves and their families
0: not only that and most of them are ready to go when they're called upon for whatever level they move to i like what you said coach about it not being a destination i think that's really important for coaches listening that aspire to to go and coach at the college level and they're thinking okay we're where can I look to go to a four-year? Uh, consider the JUCO level because a lot of guys start off there, and then they they go to. me. I mean, you talk about success stories, coach. There's a lot of coaching success stories out of JUCO. You know, some of the, some of the uh, best coaches have come from the JUCO ranks. Uh, maybe yourself going to move up at some point. So I'm glad I caught you now before you get too big time. So you know, you <laughs> you just don't know. That I, I just completely agree with what you're saying as far as what that level helps in
1: growth and development, uh, getting rid of bad habits. Yeah, and and you made a great point. You know, you made a great point about coaching. Um, You know, a lot of the junior colleges, it's just like a lot of small colleges, you have to wear a a million different hats. Yeah. And, um, you know, a lot of coaches say this, but it is 100% true. The, the the, The thing that I do the least is coach. Yeah, um, that's that's the smallest percent of your day, and yeah. and you're talking about coaches' success stories and moving on. You know, you when you when you hire a junior college guy, whether he's an assistant or a head, you're you're getting a guy that probably does his own laundry and and does all those little things. Yeah, that you know, um, you don't necessarily have to do at the higher level. Yeah, and so you usually get grinders. Like I'm not a big grinder fan of the word, but it fits. Usually get guys that work long hours and wear many hats and aren't afraid to sweep the floor and, and do all those little things. And yeah. um, you know, I think coaches and kids are, are the same at this level. The guys that embrace the opportunity and and um, will do the little stuff, you know, will at some point um, reap the reward. Yeah. No. You just
0: you learn you build character. It all helps to build character. It all helps to be. Uh, for I guess for lack of better terms, marketable, and uh, but you're 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 well equipped, like you just said. Like coaches, you walk into a, a four year now, and everybody's like, okay, well, we need some help on the compliance side. Got you, you know, we need some help washing uniforms. Yeah, no doubt. I I got it done. It not I'm too good for that. That's not my job. I don't do, that's not why I was brought I make in. a
1: mean turkey sandwich, so I'm telling
0: you what, I can work it uh, so but I make a mean, <laughs> a mean hoagie. Man, so. if y'all are listening out there, coaches, you hear that, of mean turkeys man, if you don't have that skill set, I don't know. I don't know what you're doing with yourself. Let's use this time right now while we're uh, self-quarantining and isolating ourselves to learn how to do that. That's great. <laughs> that's great, coach. I really appreciate you doing that. That's kind of broke some of the, 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 the ice there with that, but. Uh, Coach, I, you know, I bring up kind of the self-quarantining, all that stuff. The times that we're in right now are really crazy, very uncertain. Uh, kind of We don't know what's going to happen, what the new normal is going to be moving forward. Uh, I do think this, this is my own personal belief, right or wrong. I don't know. Maybe you agree. Maybe you won't. Uh, I think the JUCO level is really going to benefit from this, I think, at the end of the day. Uh, you, you, it's just, I just, not knowing what all is going to happen, coming down the pike, kids talking about, Maybe staying an extra year now at the four-year level, uh, just seems like there's there's an open opportunity now uh, for for JUCOs to kind of win a little bit more there. But uh, to get to the point of kind of navigating through these times with your program and kind of you're at a standstill in a sense,
1: uh, how are you navigating through it? Man, I don't I don't even know. You know, we just um, we were on spring break last week. Uh-huh. And um, we were preparing to bring our kids back and and then, you know, we got the word that we're we're the spring break a week, so my guys changed some travel plans. Yeah. And then, you know, we get the word two days later, you gotta go home. Wow. And so, you know, we I spent last week getting guys moved out of the the apartment and trying to figure out how to get guys who, you know, might not have laptops and stuff, how we're gonna finish online for the next month and you know, um, I really haven't spent a whole lot of just being honest. I really haven't spent the last two weeks a whole lot of time worrying about me and the program moving forward. I'm trying to I'm trying to help the guys I have now. You know, we had six sophomores; um, four of them still need to, uh, you know, sign, and and I got 14 guys in classes, and so I'm trying to navigate through to make sure they're good and, and trying to figure out some summer school situation that we got to get guys, some guys finished up on. You know, I haven't even, probably the least thing I've done is recruit, sadly. Um, yeah. Trying to figure it out, you know, we're just one day at a time, trying to keep everybody safe. And, you know, I figure at the end it'll work out. Um, you know, my, my biggest concern, I don't want one of my guys losing an opportunity, you know, because something screwed up. Yeah, for sure. Um, things right now are a little bit more difficult than normal. Um, so we'll figure out the, the basketball part later, and we'll figure out the recruiting part later. That stuff takes care of itself. But, That's uh, great, Coach. Trying to get these sophomores' plays and, yeah. and get these freshmen, you know, ready to come back. Um, you know, again, a lot of junior college kids, their home lives are, are good lives, but they're not, you know, maybe presented with a ton of options. Yeah. And so, yeah. Um, you know, being told, hey, you got to be out of the dorms in 48 hours. That's a challenging situation for for some of these guys across the country. So. Yeah.
0: No, Coach, I, you know, there's a lot of respect that goes out to coaches who are putting players first and not panicking in these times as far as who we bringing in, what are we going to do. Uh, uh, and I'm I mean, here again, I don't know very many coaches that are doing that, but I don't know very many coaches who aren't. So I just don't know uh that's something that within you as a coach you know whether you're panicking or not you know we all play you know Kuhan and luke every day when we show up to the office but some of us are probably really panicking at this point trying to figure out what we're doing for the future because uh, it's coming oh, and, and you know and that's going to determine job status in in a profession that is kind of volatile sometimes uh you really gotta you know you're thinking about man what is gonna happen and that's uh it's great to hear that you're what you're saying. That you, you're you're trying to secure the success of your players for the future. Maybe not your own, uh, but I think your own success kind of will come out of that too. I always find that when I help people, I, I find it it comes back, comes back to me. It just does. And uh, so I like what you're saying, Coach, because that's that's a great way to look at this situation. Because uh, you imagine us as Grown adults, we're trying to, like, navigate through this. Imagine with some of these kids that are kind of in limbo, like, whoa, what's happening? Uh, am I going to get it? Is somebody going to get it? Am I going to, you know, those are uh, right. times of comfort and times of peace, level-headedness, uh, hope and all that. That's kind of what we need to kind of spread, I, I believe. So I appreciate you kind of, you know, taking us through that. So, Coach, given, you know, you you talked about kind of just falling into the, the coaching game and kind of doing what you've done, uh, your experience coming even from Harrigan Middle School, high school, all that. It's great stuff. Is there any been any sacrifice to be where you're at right now? And what, what have you sacrificed to be the head coach at Indian River State College?
1: I think, I think every coach, if they're honest, sacrifices the same thing with its family. Um, you know, I was – I was really fortunate, you know, I was at Central for a long time. I met my wife at, at Central, and, I mean, our first child nice. was born while we were at Central. And, um, you know, I applied for I applied for a junior college job in a state that I'd never coached in, never been in, at a level I've never coached at, played at. I had no experience at junior college. Um, yeah. Somehow they offered me a job. And I know I asked my wife if I could take it, but I don't think I listened to her answer. Uh-huh. Um that's good. I really think I just said, Hey, we're we're moving. That's good and um and so, you know, my, my wife thankfully didn't leave me and um <laughs> you know, but I yeah, think our biggest my the biggest sacrifice is I moved my wife and, and newborn child. She's eleven months old the day I left. Wow. Um the day I drove down here. And um, you know, we moved eighteen hours away from family. She's a St Louis girl. I'm on I'm the other side of Missouri guy. And, yeah. um we moved 18 hours away to go to the place we had no idea what we were doing yeah no friends no family and five years later we're still doing it and yeah. so you know my wife has had to change professions due to the area we moved in and um you know i know she's probably spent a few nights upset but she's never she's never told me to stop and yeah. um you know um the hours that that we have to work here with with staffing and, and things that, you know, are challenges. Um, you know, I'm, I'm blessed. I take my kids to work every day, but that's really the only time I see them yeah. is the 45 minutes in the morning. You know, there's three or four days I won't see my wife awake. Wow. Um, you know, and, and when our daughter gets sick or our son gets sick, there's, there's no grandparents at all. Yeah. And so, you know, the sacrifices has been definitely been the family and, um, you know, again, you're coaching at a level that, um, we take chances on players and, and my athletic director could chance on a guy that on paper had absolutely no business being here. Yeah. And um, thankfully my wife is, is wonderful enough to uh, let me see if I did belong. Um, and so I think every coach sacrificed. We missed first steps and first words and birthdays. and Yeah. Um, I think that's what every coach in every sport at every level um, sacrifices because you spend you spend way more time 18, 20 hours a day with your players, and you're spending forty five minutes a day with your family. Yeah, yeah,
0: so, so yeah, that doesn't b- doesn't probably add up properly. No, nah, it doesn't balance at all. It really doesn't. So, coach, you know, I like what you said. You know, you talked about. I didn't listen to her response. Well, you know, shout out to Kim for actually, you know, still like you said, stay with you, you know, support you. And, you know, that's that's a lot. It's a lot to hand over to our wives sometimes is to say, you're going to have to, you know, like you talked about coaching at the JUCO level, wearing a bunch of hats. Now we get, you know, here and now you got to wear this hat too. And from time to time I'll come and, you know, sub out for you. But, yeah, that's uh, a that's big-time coach, and I appreciate you sharing that because it is something that if there are any coaches out there listening, thinking – I can't wait to jump into this. Know what you're getting into first. Know what comes along <laughs> with that. You know, and, and and listen, listen more than I did. That's yeah. my advice. <laughs> yeah. And Kim, if you're listening, he, I hope he's listening better now, and he's and he's and he's responding to whatever you're saying. So, you know, that's great, Coach. I do appreciate you sharing that. So, Coach, it's this game that we love and have been coaching and lead young people in and. And strategize for, and grow, and develop to learn more. Uh, it teaches you a lot, not just about other people, but about yourself. So, what have you learned about yourself, Coach, throughout your career?
1: Um, man, I don't know. Um, I think the older I get, and everybody says it, the older I get, the more I'm like my dad. Um, <laughs> yeah. Again, my my dad is in his mid seventies. Um, and I don't know if he sleeps three or four hours a day. Wow. You know, he's just, he's the ultimate worker. Yeah. And, um, you know, I used to, I used to get not mad, but I'm like, you know, he never came to games and he's always working two or three jobs, whatever it took. And, um, and I, I'm that guy. That's where I get that from. Yeah. And so, you know, um, the, every day that goes by, I get more and more like my dad, I'm I think the one, the one quality that I'm, I'm probably the, the most proud about is I'm, I'm relentless. I just don't stop. Yeah. And, um, sometimes that's not a great thing, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm extraordinarily appreciative of, you know, how I grew up and watching both my parents, um, you know, work as hard as I did, especially my dad, you know, I sit to this day in his mid seventies doing what he does. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, I I asked a buddy of mine, James Arnold, uh, who was our women's coach at Central, um, I asked him, we we were talking when I got off of this job, and, and, um, you know, he made a comment, he's like, me and my wife moved, moved away from me to take a job, and he said it was the best thing that that probably happened to us, because it made us depend on each other. Yeah. And um, and that's probably what I've learned um, on the personal side, and even the, the individual side, is. You know, you move down here to do this, where we're doing it at, and um, you better bet on yourself yeah. and um, figure it out. And so um, I think that's, what, that's probably the biggest thing I've learned in, in the last five years is bet on yourself and find a way, and nobody really probably cares if you don't. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. That's great, Coach. I Man, being relentless, you talk about your mom and your dad's work ethic, and I've got parents that are cut of that same fabric. And there's times where I think to myself, I see my dad in his 60s now, and he's busting his tail, right? And I'm thinking, golly, I hope I can work that hard when I get to that age. I, I talked to one of his friends one time. Yeah, one of his friends goes, hey, how's your dad doing? I'm seeing him, he's too busy all the time. I said, you're telling me, man, that guy works harder than I do. Well, his buddy gets kind of, at the time, kind of saw what I was doing, how I was kind of going through you know, life, and he says, you know, man, you work just as hard as him, and I thought, no, I don't, but then I sat back, and I thought about it, I'm like, I do, I'm turning into my dad, like you said, (laughs) and uh, for better or for worse, man, we, being relentless, it's going to get you a lot of places, man, it really is, Uh, stubbornness sometimes is looked at in a negative connotation, but uh, I I just don't know, I I wouldn't have my wife and my children if, if I weren't stubborn, because uh, there, oh, yeah, there was a point where I didn't know if my wife was going to pick me or not so it, I okay. I, just, I was pretty stubborn about it so it, it all worked out man so yeah I just you know kind of look, looking at that situation coach you know sharing that about your parents it's great man because when we're in our 70s man if we can grind like that shoot I'm all for it sign me up oh, so, yeah. that's great. Oh, yeah. so coach here again uh, thank you for being on I, I, we talk a lot about legacy on the show because I just think that that's something that we need to kind of uh, be aware of in a sense. Not, okay, I've completed my journey, I ran my race, it's over. More like in how we treat people. More in how we conduct ourselves. Uh, that's more the legacy that I look for when I ask coaches about theirs. And even though you're, you're, just, you're still just getting started and you're, you're really young, uh, I would want to ask you as a working legacy, what do you want to be said of you even now and in the future about how you you conducted yourself as a coach?
1: You know, I struggle with that. Um, I think I think legacy and, and all of that stuff takes care of itself. I think it, yeah. you know, to be to be honest, if, if you're doing it to try to to try for that reason, you're, it's probably not authentic. God. um you know I think if, if the guys that play for me the ones that make it and you know the ones that don't you know if if at the end of the day they, they say that I was fair and that I was there um I think that's about as good as you can do nice you know um you know former players they call if they need something you know I'm probably the same way I'm not not probably great about keeping up in, in touch with people but, you find when former players need something, they remember your number, Yeah. Um, and that's a good—you know—that's a good thing. Yeah, and um, you know, one of the things that that I tell my guys—you know—when they sign their scholarship, like you sign it, and if you make it, I'm there for life. Yeah, and um, you know, through through the years of being at CMU and and um, you know, my my ending my fifth year here, um, it's good. It's good when former guys hit you up. For sure. Um, you know, and I think that's the thing is, you know, I think every coach throws out the word culture and family and, you know, I think we overuse those terms probably too much. But um, as long as they know I was fair and they think I was fair and they think that um, I'm there and it doesn't stop when they, you know, leave the team or graduate or, or move on. Um, you know, as long as long as long as my guys think that, um, I'm good I don't. I'm, I'm pretty easy to please yeah. um, I think I think that's what especially at this level and especially in, in our day and age I think you know young people need people in their corners that they can trust for sure yeah. and, um, you know as long as I can find a way to do that for, for my guys I'm, I think the legacy word and all that stuff takes care of itself. Coach. Here again,
0: thank you for your time. I do appreciate it so much. Uh, Here again, these are crazy times we're in right now currently. And, uh, you know, to get your story out, to get your version of what's really going on in your life and your program and all that, it's really great, man. I'm glad we had, you know, had the time to do so. So here again, man,
1: thank you so much. I appreciate you. I appreciate the opportunity and and everything you're doing for for guys like me and the game and, and young adults.
0: Not a problem, Coach.